From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The statement was made by UNC. It, it was a, <laughs> a statement made by R.J. Davis. It was a statement made by the Tar Heels, and that statement is very simple. There's no one else playing at their level in the ACC right now. It is them. It is a large gap. It is everybody else. And I actually think, you know, Wake gave a run at it. Wake had that that little streak right there at the end of the half. They were in the lead at halftime. Yeah, 34-33. And, and you're looking around going, all right, they have some things. They have this backcourt that some people really like. They have bigs like Efton Reed. They have a, a stretch. All right, look at this. Maybe they're going to fight the top heaviness of UNC with a little bit of depth. They're going to get hot at the right time. They're going to, and then the second half happened, and you're like, why did I say all of those other things might happen? Why did I let myself uh, entertain the possibility? Wake was winning at half. North Carolina won by 21, and it could have been more. They chose to win by 21. Here's Hubert Davis, the head coach of North Carolina, on what his challenge was to his team at halftime. I challenged them at halftime. I felt like we were getting good shots in the first half. In the second half, I felt like defensively we were making mistakes that allowed Wake Forest to be able to score. And I challenged them at halftime to, you know, to step it up defensively, and they did. I mean, I think, was it 20, 26% in the second half? And because – because of the defense and because rebounding, I think this was a nice straight game that we've out-rebounded opponent. It allows us to get out in transition, and we're just we're just really good in transition. I do not find it surprising whatsoever that he challenged their defense to step up and then everything came together in the second half. Right? How, how unusual. They scored 52 points in the second half. And, oh, what did you do? Well, I told them to lock in on defense. That's what North Carolina does this year when they're playing well. Since they've hit this stride, it's been – it starts with the defense. It starts with the defense. It starts with the defense. Then they can get out and run. Then they can get, get out and get into a rhythm. Things feel like they're going better, so they start going better. And then there's R.J. Davis. R.J. Davis scored 36 points, which, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like 36 used to be more common than it is now. Yeah. I'd like, you know, uh, just uh, not that long ago for the UNC-NC State game, Dennis and I went through and we found uh, really good performances in that that uh, history between those two teams. And it felt like there were a lot more like 34 and 13 games. Mm-hmm. Kurt, like, Or even if you think to like the, the – uh, Reddick and Adam Morrison and 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 Hansborough, like these guys who weren't they weren't that long ago. Felt like thirty five was a lot more common. Last night watching R. J. Davis, right when he hit thirty, it was like this big buzz in the room. It was it was you know Elliot Cadeau said after the game he looked at R. J. Davis and said, "Oh, this is your you've just tied your career high. Boom, we're getting you another." Ended up getting him a couple more. It, it was very much a a energetic electric performance from rj davis scoring 36 career high for him career high and then they were chanting his name and you know the the nba they go mvp 
College, they just chant your name. Here's Hubert Davis again on hearing the crowd chant Davis's name. It was the first time as a player and as a coach that I can remember uh, the, the Smith Center crowd chanting a player's name. And I'm just really proud of him. I, I think, you know, he's had a, a terrific career, but I, I feel like this year he's finally getting noticed. And I'm just really happy for him. He's finally getting noticed. <laughs> he's been there for a while. He's been scoring a lot of points for a little. It, it's the Caleb Love of it all, though, isn't it? Well, it's that, but Baycott's also the guy mm-hmm. that's getting the preseason All-American votes and things along those lines. So, yeah, R.J. Davis was kind of looked at as, like, the second or third guy. I mean, he's – you want to talk about All-American all votes? Oh, yeah. This this year? I mean, I know you don't start etching trophies or anything for a while, but there's there's some honors he's already locked himself into. ACC Player of the Year right now. I won't say that one's etched in yet, but I mean, you're you're looking like at, he could he could get hurt, and he's like second team All ACC. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty pretty well obvious there. Uh, here's R.J. Davis on the zone that he was in last night. I'm in my backyard, just out there, just hooping and just trying things out. Um, I mean, things, I think it's like a a zone that every hooper knows. Like when you're just in that zone, it's hard to get out of, and either nothing like you can hear, you can't hear anything. Um, you just see the ball in the basket, and, and that's not the type of zone I was in tonight. I get what he's saying, but I also am going to push back against what he's saying there. Every hooper does not. Uh, every hooper knows what it's like to get in the zone, right? If, you, if you've ever had a good high school game where you scored your career high, you you know, hey, the ball the ball felt good, leaving the fingertips, right? Uh, not every hooper f- can feel against, you know, I don't know, one of the four or five best teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference what it's like to score thirty six points. Not everybody's going to feel that, RJ. For the number three team in the country at home. I mean, like appreciate it and recognize like what you're doing is rare. Appreciate it and recognize what you're doing is unusual. I'll, I'll, this is not to throw shade, but I'll just say, you know, what it could be. Uh, today I caught myself on YouTube. Why Gilbert Arenas put a, a, an, an underdog, I don't know, whatever, one of his sponsors put up a hundred grand in a shooting contest and like anybody could go qualify. It was, you know, a little three point contest, or whatever. And then he brought some of his famous friends. Uh, Rashad McCants shot in it. Guess who didn't make it out of the first round? Rashad McCants. Rashad McCants. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the dude in Carolina, or one of amongst, you know, a big three that went on to do massive things. Mm-hmm. And and uh, me and big four, big five, they were really big six. Marvin, Mar- yeah. Marvin, Marvin was coming off the bench. It was, my point is, he was one of the big men on campus for Carolina. And now he – and actually, Gilbert Arenas didn't make it out of the first round either. Uh, you know, they're in a, like, a, you know, sponsored on a grand shooting contest and not winning. All right. So enjoy when you score 36 in the ACC is what I'm saying, because it's not going to last forever. I mean, unless you're going to do it, unless you're going to do it again, this next (laughs) game and this next game. But but it doesn't I mean, it's your career high. Enjoy it is what I'm saying. Uh, Armando Baycott did very little on the uh, stat sheet offensively, but four blocks. And some emphatic ones, too, like some Mm -hmm. some pin them against the backboard. Let's get the rebound. Let's get get moving on the other side. Uh, Little Harrison Ingramish. A little bit. What I mean by that is just do what the game calls for. Don't force anything. That's not the Armando Baycott of two years ago. The Armando Baycott of two years ago was getting his 20 and 10 in that game. Oh, we're going to win this one by 20? I'm going to get my 20 and 10. 
This one, it was, what do we, what do you need? RJ's got the offense. What do you need? Harrison Ingram's doing the rebounding. What do we need? We need blocks? Cool. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's both a – I'm not sure that's what they need from him in bigger games. They might still need that that take charge Armando at some point. But it's also a little bit of maybe maturation where, hey, the team's playing well. I'm going to I'm gonna get in where I fit in. That's a little different. Takes takes a, a you know a, a big player to do that. Harrison Ingram had another double double, ten points, fourteen rebounds. This is our segment of the the North Carolina portion where we just say Harrison Ingram played really really well. All those rebounds on the defensive end, hundred percent of them defensive. Fourteen defensive rebounds. That which to me just says in the scouting report they told Harrison Ingram, hey, they got some big guys over there for Wake. We need to end their possessions. No offensive boards. And he said, got it. Went out there, fourteen defensive rebounds. Turned in, into offense, right? Turned and pushed, all those sorts of things. Harrison Ingram's really good. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to find I'm, – I'm, that's maybe maybe my, like, resolution for myself. I'm going to find creative and entertaining ways to talk about Harrison Ingram without just going, that guy's playing well, really like what he does, can affect the game in a bunch of different ways. I'm going I'm to get more creative with it. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com the acc let's just let's just set the set the stage here the acc has a problem the acc men's basketball has a problem you know what that problem is what's that everybody everybody other than unc that would have hit better if i didn't say every butter the first time everybody other than unc that's the problem because North Carolina is a top three team in the country. Duke is a top 15 team in the country. But I think at least some of that is on name value and recruiting pedigree. And nobody else is really making a play to be a formidable opponent. I mean, you might have a couple quad one victories in there. But you're going to be able to go through an entire ACC schedule, finish with like five losses. And, and you could argue you don't have any quad one victories. Right now, the second team in the ACC is NC State when you look at the standings they are 10th in net rating in the ACC they're winning games and just getting no credit for it because they're not seen as impressive games they're just not they're they're not getting the respect that an ACC game used to get it used to it used to be if you were the the second best team in the ACC, goodness gracious, we we might be the third best team in the country. Yeah. Top 10 at least. I mean, yeah, on a, on an off year. It's it's an issue because it it truly is conference reputations truly are a a like the tide raises and falls with everyone. Again, UNC is an interesting outlier, but everybody else, it's hard to climb up those rankings if the other teams around you aren't also climbing up those rankings because your wins and losses are seen as more or less impressive based on who you're playing. So if you're beating teams that are seen as lesser, you're borderline not even getting credit for that win. 
which is how you end up with a team that's 13 and five and five and two in, in the conference, like NC State, who is sitting in second in the the standings as I look at them right now, and and they're not even near the top of their your own division or your own conference when it comes to the advanced analytics. And and I want to be clear here. Um, I don't fully understand the algorithms. The quads, the nets, the this, the that, all of the advanced analytic rankings that the the committees take into such great account. I don't pretend to have all of the the inputs. Right? It's like passer rating, quarterback rating, QBR, all those occasionally it's like I'm just gonna trust that the nerds got this one right. The geeks. I thought we were the nerds. We are. I, I describe myself as a nerd all the time. Uh, so so the math nerds, I guess we'll go there. Mm. The math nerds got it right. I'm not saying – and by the way, that's not an insult. That is a compliment. Oh, if yeah. I call you a nerd at math, mm-hmm. that means you're, you're really gosh darn smart at math. Um, North Carolina, let's go ahead, pencil them in to a th- – uh, you know, they don't play till Thursday in the ACC tournament. I'm going to Sharpie that in. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, pencil was the wrong term. It's fair. Uh, chisel. Let's chisel that into stone. Who are the other three teams you expect to not play till Thursday? That's the question we're going to try to dissect here. And to be completely honest with you, I mean, I, you go all the way down to Clemson in the standings, and and I'm in. I'm I'm like, if you gave me a hard convince, I'd probably start leaning your way. That's NC State, Florida State, Duke, Wake, UVA, Syracuse, Miami, Virginia Tech, and Clemson. They're all within two games, or they're actually all at least within one game of one of the top four seeds, right now. Right now, Duke is four and two, and they are the fourth team in the standings, and Clemson is three and four, so they're one game back in the win column. Obviously, they played more games, but one game back in the win column. Mm-hmm. And, and they play Cle- each other this weekend, by the way. And 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 Clemson has some dudes. Yeah, Clemson has some dudes. We've talked about it. They haven't played as well as they did early in the season, but they have some dudes. Miami has some dudes. They're pretty injured right now, but they have some dudes. Syracuse, we've seen them upset some teams. UVA, they have Tony Bennett on the sideline. Wake Forest, deep and and. I mean, if you just look at their roster, they're one of my favorites. Duke, you know what they bring to the table. Everybody's a five-star. Florida State, they're five and two and figuring some stuff out. We just brought up State. They're sitting in second right now despite the lack of signature victories. No, Normally, it's like, hey, who's going to have the buy? There's like four teams competing for like, you know, three spots up for grabs and one solidified. There's nine teams competing for three spots with one solidified. That's a problem for the ACC. Do you know what everybody says they want in sports, but nobody actually wants in sports? What's that? Parody. Yeah. Parody is one of those things. Oh, I want everybody to be equal. I want every game to be competitive. Now, what you really want is like three teams that are better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So you you can root against them. But you need to have a couple behemoths. UNC is a behemoth. I'll give that to him. Undefeated in the conference still, uh, undefeated at home still. Ironically, undefeated away still. All their games that they've lost, I guess, are neutral site. That's that's like a, a brain teaser. They're undefeated at home. They're undefeated away, according to the standings I'm looking at. Yet, they're 6-3. and three. How is that possible? Um, listen, 
when it comes to who is going to have those buys, when who is going to not play till Thursday, I don't even necessarily think what we're asking is who are the four best teams in the ACC. I think what we're asking is who's the four most consistent teams in the ACC. Right? Because I don't think Miami's going to be one of them. I'll, I'll rule them out. But I think Miami has the opportunity to go on a run once they get in the ACC tournament because when Norchad Omir and those guys get rolling, they're really gosh darn good. Now, I don't think they're going to be really gosh darn good every week this year, which kind of eliminates them from the season-long standings race, but I would be terrified to play them as a team coming off a bye. Right? If, If they play Wednesday and they win, I would hate to be the team that was sitting out Thursday that's got to face them or sitting out until Thursday that has to face them because now you're a little, you know, coming a little off downtime and they're rolling and they they could be really gosh darn good. And that's the same for a lot. So I'll, 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 I'll name one. I do think Duke is there. I think Duke is there, but, but maybe the opposite would be true. I don't think I would fear them in a tournament situation because it just doesn't seem like they have the edge that I've talked about so long, and that's what you need in a, in a you know loser-goes-home situation. So I think in the regular season, Duke will surely work their way up into the top four in the conference in season-long conference standing, season-long conference record. Do we want to play the elimination game, or do you just want to? Let's, let's do it. All right. We're, we're – the elimination game, by the way, everybody, and and Dennis, I don't even know if you know the elimination game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna figure uh, it out right now. I'm playing it. I uh, playing for keeps. I, I played it like when when my wife and I are deciding what to eat, like what oh. restaurant to go to. Usually, it's like, oh, we could do that Mexican place. Yeah, we could. We could do the Italian place. Yeah, we could. We could order pizza. Yeah, we could. Uh, you know what? We have those leftovers. We could eat the leftovers. Yeah, we could. And then you have like eight options, and I and we'll go like elimination game. Cool. You eliminate one, I eliminate one, you eliminate one, I eliminate one until there's, there's one remaining, right? And it ends up being the same place we always go. Um, <laughs> right? Fair enough. Just a long time to get back to this. All right, we'll get Chipotle again. Because um, <laughs> it's quick, it's good, ne- never mind. Uh, not a paid advertisement, by the way. Um, I eliminated Miami. Do you have one you want to eliminate? And we'll go with any team that has at least three wins, unless you believe there's a, there's a weird option where, you know, Georgia Tech puts it all together. All right, you eliminate Miami, I'm eliminating Virginia Tech. Not scary enough? Give us a why. Because of Virginia Tech. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to eliminate, and I think this one's a little surprising, uh, UVA. Okay. The, the, I, I have the utmost respect for Tony Bennett. Um, I, I really like Reese Beekman as a defensive player. I just don't think they have – Whatever special sauce they normally have, it just feels like a different UVA team. And and without like if you're a UVA team that doesn't feel like a UVA team, it's 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 weird. Um, and I also don't think they have the bigs to to battle with some of the better teams. All right, I eliminate Syracuse. I don't outside of Judah Mens, I don't think they have the scoring. This is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was actually tempted to throw Pittsburgh into the by like a team from the bottom that could rise. Um, they've got some things that I like, but but being two and five already, I think it's, I don't know, it's easy to eliminate them. Um, so what do we have? We have Wake. I already put Duke in there. Mm-hmm. There's UNC already locked. So we have three for two, right? We have NC State, Florida State, and Wake Forest for two spots. Yep. So I have the, the hard elimination here. Yes, you do. I did not count this out. Mm-hmm. 
You know when you're a kid and they're doing the, the reading in the book? Yeah. And it's like everybody gets a paragraph and you count off like there's nine people in front of you. Oh, man, I got the long paragraph. <laughs> I, 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 I should have counted off and said, like, you go first. You eliminate someone first because then you would have the hard decision. Um, NC State, Florida State, and Wake. I did. Am I going to be called a homer if I eliminate Florida State? Possibly. With the knowledge that I'm going to be called a homer, I'm eliminating Florida State. Okay. I think the four most consistent teams in the in the ACC this year will end up being, not in this order, but but will end up being, as the orders they stand right now, UNC, NC State, Duke, and Wake Forest. I think those are the four best teams in the ACC when it comes to full body of work, full body of resume. But I'll make another prediction here. Oh, hit me. I don't think those four will be the final four teams in the ACC tournament. I think they'll be the ones with the bye all the way to Thursday, but but I I don't see them being the best tournament built teams. This is a situation where the ACC has no distinct tiers. Right now, there's there's three tiers, right? And when I say no distinct tiers, usually there's groups that separate themselves in in levels, right? And normally there's way more than three. There are 15 teams right now divided up into what I would say are three tiers. The first tier is a one-team tier. It's UNC. The next tier is everyone we've discussed all the way down to Boston College, not including Boston College. And the third tier is the bottom feeders. It's Boston College, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Louisville. That's not good for the conference. It's parity. There'll be a lot of competitive games. There'll be a lot of games between teams that play a similar level of basketball. There'll be a lot of teams that, you know, kind of beat each other in or, or outplay each other in circles and triangles. What I mean by that is you'll have, you know, team A beat team B, team B beat team C, team C beat team A. And then it's like, all right, well, now we're right back where we started. And that's just going to happen all over the place. Sometimes we confuse parity for depth. Exactly. That's it, the thing. Like, yeah, there's a lot of competition, you know, amongst all these these schools that we've mentioned, but that doesn't mean the quality is there. It's it's similar to it's a lot of time. Like, people think any game that goes to overtime was really well played. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, they were equally bad. Sometimes right? that's the case. They, they were equally not good down to the exact point, so they get to go to overtime. Uh, I'm worried that the ACC has a, a big group of parity in the middle, and it's not necessarily because they're all awesome. If they were going to have nine teams in the NCAA tournament, I would be f- fine with having a big second tier. But but it's they're going to have three or four in the the NCAA tournament, and picking them out of a hat might be the best way to decide which ones get to go.